Welcome to Cowboy Conversations. This is Kevin Weatherby. I'm the founder of Save the Cowboy, and we're glad that you are with us here today. Today, I got two of I, I got my ranch manager and got an associate pastor here. Uh, Ty's our Ty Weber's our our ranch manager. Been with us nearly since day one, and um, Tyler's been with us for. Well, you've been with us for a year, but like two years actually. Two years actually, yeah. but uh, preaching for since what July? July, yeah. yeah. No. Preaching a Sunday night service for us since July, and how's that been going? It's been going really good. So um, I'm getting better, and the messages are getting better. Good. But um, good. But um, there's always room for improvement. But sure. it's I'm having fun too. Oh, so there you go. A, yeah, that's the key. Try not to lose that. Right. And when you do, try to try your best to get it back right, quick. Right. <laughs> it, it'll it'll serve you just as much as anything else will. So right. Anyway, well, how's things on the ranch? Good. good. Everything's good. Yeah. Yeah. Got a little bit of moisture. Maybe a little more coming. Yeah. Not a lot, but getting into our snow season, and we got some cold weather coming, and yep. feel feel like old times. Mm-hmm. Be good. Yeah. No, just, just try to keep ice open and. Watered everything and everything fed. Amen. Yeah, and we're getting cattle on feed again, and and they'll go in in February. So, yeah, lots of beef. Time flies. Yeah. 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 I mean, just I mean, it just seems like just the other day we were uh, having calves and mm-hmm. pulling them out here out front. And yep. yeah, <laughs> I we'll mean, be, we'll be we should have some calves in about a month. Yeah. 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 yeah down there at Rama. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that'll yeah. be cool. Yeah. So. Anyway, kind of doing things a little differently, which I'm always a fan of. Mm-hmm. I, I get stagnant if something stays the same too much. 100%. But, so, uh, but you know, that's what I was going to visit with y'all about because, I mean, y'all too know, but our but our listeners probably don't. But um, in December, I started a, a sermon series uh, called Grown Ups, and it was going from a childlike faith to a grown-up salvation. And um, through these... Uh, sermon series, what I did is I took a look at the old time, kind of all the stories you learn from a kid, you know, Cain and Abel and Noah's Ark and, you know, David and Goliath and Jonah and the whale and, and all of this stuff. And, and then I, King David took a little longer than I thought it would. And so uh, I had planned on doing Daniel. So when Christmas came, I, I didn't, I wasn't sure where to go because I wanted to finish it, but I, you know, I didn't want to go that direction for too long. And so um, I put something out for our Long X Ranch Cowboys and our Long X Ranch Cowboys is a group of people that, uh, that follow our ministry that have said, Hey man, you know, I, I don't want to just be a, a receiver. I want to be a giver. And, and that's most of what our ministry is about is, is teaching people how to live for God. And, and God, God says to go out into the world and make disciples of all men and all nations and, and, and all of this stuff. So he wants us to be givers. He wants us to minister to people and stuff. So, so that's what our ministry does is, is we try to get people more involved with the kingdom of God. And so our Long X Ranch Cowboys is a group that's dedicated. They signed up. They can pay anywhere from $10 a month to $500 dollars a month and that kind of gives them open to a bunch of of other things but i had asked this group of people on our private facebook page what they would like to hear more of and you know i listed some things like you know uh, old testament stuff character studies uh spiritual warfare stuff or you know timeline stuff and as I expected, it was all over the place. Yeah. You yeah. know, the answer would be yes. Well, and <laughs> some of the answers yeah. surprised me. The, yeah. Some of them did me too. Um, it surprises me. And, and I, and I say this half in jest, but half not. There is just some people that I kind of worry about. They're the kind of people that just, I mean, can't take direction. I mean, I, I like dang near begged people, please just pick two of these. Just pick two. I didn't, I don't want your explanation. You just pick two to help me. And, and God bless them. I know I, it's just their exuberance, <laughs> but I'm like, I even said, just pick two, please. Cause if you do more than that, you're not helping me. And people still did it. <laughs> and I know what it is. They got excited. It ain't no big thing, but, um, 
But what they didn't know is I tried to plan to do all four of those yeah. in every single message. Right, Because right. <laughs> that's, that's, that's how I work. That's why I said yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, anyway, on the timeline part of it, I'll be the first to admit I didn't go to seminary. You know, I, I've never taken a class on Old Testament studies other than opening my Bible to the book of Daniel. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, that, that, that's my seminary is the Bible and the Holy Spirit most of the time. Now, granted, I, I do listen to a lot of other people because right? they're, <laughs> they're people that's been doing it longer. So they're smarter than me by experience and, and probably just by God's gift, you know, especially when you get into like scholarship, you know, right. people that have... I mean, they know everything about the book of Daniel, right. <laughs> you know, so you learn from other people and stuff like that. But, but I am learning a lot about the timeline of God's, I thought, I thought I could hear an airplane through my right. headphones. It's cami vacuuming yeah. upstairs. Okay, I was wondering the same thing. <laughs> and I kept thinking, are we getting buzzed? Uh, uh, let's get under the table. You have to be able to hear that on the podcast. <laughs> oh yeah. It's, <laughs> and I'm not going to tell her to stop. She's sick. And because I'm doing something, she refuses to lay in bed. Right. She's sick as crap and she's up there vacuuming. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She's actually probably shampooing the carpets, knowing cami. So with that being said, uh, I think my fascination with the timeline kind of started with our chapel, you know, go on. Yeah. Okay. So you didn't see it, but Ty remembers this old house that sat right here behind Mm -hmm. mine that we tore down about three years ago, three or four years ago. And it was built at the turn of the century, the night, you know, 1900s, like 1907 or something is when they estimated that house was built. Right. And so we say, oh, that was an old house. <laughs> that was only 120 years old, you know. And uh, this chapel, I mean, you look anywhere in Colorado and you're going to find stuff to like 1800s, the mine shafts right. and, you know, stuff like that. And we see these mine shafts and go, oh, that's old, old stuff. It is only 150 years ago. Right. And then a man named Jesse Reed with American Barn and Building out of New Hampshire becomes a long exchange cowboy and says, I want to do something for y'all. I'm like, what you want to do? He goes, I want to build you a chapel. Oh, by the way, he called me last night mm. to offer some condolences, but to also tell me that he was going. I, there are two things, and I don't remember the timeline on either one of them, but both of them are soon. He was going to one church to try to buy their 200-year-old pews because they're closing the door to that church. Oh, yeah. So oh, he's wow. trying to get 200-year-old pews, and he did find an actual church bell that's going to go in the steeple. Oh, that's awesome. Isn't that yeah, crazy? Can bell ring it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh. with a rope and everything. Oh, so on Sunday oh. mornings, man, we can ring that bell. And when can JT's say- got a siren on, I'm yeah. going to go up there. And, 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 <laughs> that's how we're going to call the cattle and horses in. We're going to ring the bell. <laughs> ring the bell. Can the I dinner say bell. something about Jesse real quick? Of course. It never ceases to amaze me what a giver that guy is. Oh, I'm telling you. Like, that should be noted. Like, so many people just want to consume, 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 and be spoon-fed stuff. <laughs> and Jesse, from day one, has just been a giver. Like, Absolutely. And I've seen it with him building the chapel. And it's not just with his hands. Yeah. I mean, it, time, talent, and treasure. Mm-hmm. His own money. He, he puts on a master class of, he does. of what it's like to have your own ministry. Too. And you know, as amazing as amazing as all of that is... It would even be more amazing if you knew some of the trials and tribulations that man oh, okay. that that I know of that just take what you said and shoot it nearly to the moon. Right. Of of, of the way he can keep up beat and still giving when other people want to take and right. you know, stuff like that. So it it really just, is a just gift. a side note. Yeah. Oh, it's a good side note. So anyway, Jesse comes out with this uh this chapel and it's out of hemlock and white pine, most of it. And it came from a house in New Hampshire, Vermont. I don't, I think it's New Hampshire. Well, I don't know. One of those two. They're so close together. It's like El Paso County and Same Elbert thing. County. Right. And um, I think it's built in like 1751. I mean, our chapel is older than the United States. Amen. 
<laughs> you know? And so here I'm, yeah, we had this old house. That's not an old house. That's not an old house. <laughs> That's a new apartment that we torn down in the grand scheme comparative of, sl- uh, comparative. yeah, comparatively speaking. And so, uh, you know, it, it just, the longer you study things, and, and, and I understand this, this is a product of, of probably everybody's maturation in age <laughs> you start looking back and thinking man 50 years that went by real quick <laughs> that went by real quick <laughs> and uh, that's what other people say i have to say 23 <laughs> years has gone by really quick two and one third times <laughs> or two and one eighth or something like that but anyway uh oh so i started looking at the timeline and Here's the first thing I've learned. This is going to be kind of like, um, and I want to get, of course, I want to get y'all's thoughts on it, but like, have you ever wondered why Jesus was 30 years old when he started? There's an interesting thing about numbers in the Bible. Yes, there is. A lot of things land at 30 years if you look on them. They do. There's a lot of neat numbers in the Bible, but it, it just amazes me as much as we know that. And then we read something in the Bible and we just skim right over it. Right. Right. There is an incredible reason Jesus started when he was 30 years old. Let me give you a little bit of a pretense on this, this Sunday sermon on Ezekiel. Ezekiel was born after the Northern kingdom was decimated in about 750 BC by the Assyrians. And uh, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel all lived at the same time. Jeremiah preached that if Israel or Judah didn't turn from her sins, that the Babylonians were going to take them. (laughs) Well, guess what? They didn't. So the first Babylonian exile was like in 609, 607, something like that. I don't remember. Right at 600 BC, right? But there was three waves. And Ezekiel went, uh, Daniel went in the first wave to Babylon. He was already an official in the court, and that's what the Babylonians did. They weren't stupid. They took smart people and put them to work. Right. And so they took Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who were already scholars of some sort, and anyway, went there. Well, Ezekiel went in the second wave. And then when the book of Ezekiel starts out, it says that he was uh, by a canal and, you know, everything. He had a vision of God, right? And we've all heard the visions of God with the throne and the chariots and all the eyeballs on the wings and the four faces and all of that stuff. But he makes an interesting statement before that. He said, in his 30th year. Now, what you didn't probably know about Ezekiel is that he was training to be a priest in the temple. And so you have to do a lot of training, but according to Leviticus, a priest can only actively serve between the ages of 30 and 50. Hmm. You cannot be a priest of God until you're 30 years old. Now, do we understand why Jesus was 30 years old when he started his ministry? Because he was, he is our high priest. Right. He couldn't start before he was 30 years old. He kept saying, it's not my time yet, <laughs> right? Now's right. not yet my time. But it was his time. It was 30. Yep. He was 30. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, I think that he knew it was his time. It was just, he was trying to operate in the shadows at first, you know, to gather up his flock. And here his mother wanted him to make 13 gallons of the best wine that ever touched the lips of human right beings. Right off the bat. Right yeah. off the bat. Yeah. First yeah. thing. <laughs> But mom, don't mamas always know who we are before we do? Right. You know what right. I mean? So, so isn't that cool? I mean, thinking about the timeline of, of there, there's no coincidences. There, there's no coincidences in the Bible. So uh, did you know that I've already alluded to it, but how long do you, do y'all think the Civil War was a long time ago? I, I mean, in, in, if you ask most people. Yes, they're going to. Th- they're going to yeah. say yes. Relatively, yeah. relatively, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Relatively long to enough, our lifetime, for, right. for everybody to have forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah, the, some things. The, some things. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. But but it was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Of course, you know, in in relative to our to our ages, the the lifespans that we lead. Correct. You know, it, it's a long time ago, three or four generations ago. Right. And um. But in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't that long ago. 
Did you know that just a correlation, there's no biblical reason for this because it's going to change. Obviously, it will. But the time between the northern kingdom getting destroyed and the Babylonian exile was about the same amount of time as the Civil War to now. Interesting. I mean, Judah saw what happened to Israel. Right. I mean, they, they were eyewitness. But how easy is it to forget? Right. Not very long ago. Yeah, yeah. Not very, Not very long, long ago. ago, yeah. And so you think, you know, sometimes I think we look at these Old Testament people and we're like, man, y'all were stupid. But were they? Maybe they act just like us because we have a real big tendency to forget too, don't we? Right. We forgot who brought, who blessed the people that came to America. Right. God did because they, the first went to so that they could worship God. This country was founded on godly principles, and we've forgotten about that. And it didn't take very long at all. Not no, a couple of uh, years. We now. are we are more Babylon than Jerusalem now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We and are I, a lot more Babylon sure. than Jerusalem. And I've made it like a point on Sunday evenings to even point that out. Like, mm-hmm. I look. I read the story of like the the Israelites in exile from Egypt and waiting to go to the Promised Land, and I'm like. How, how moronic were these people? And oh, by the way, that's the story of my <laughs> Yes, right, right, it right. really is. We, yeah. we look back and we're like, God, those guys are so Human stupid. nature has not changed right. a single thing. It hasn't. Nothing. This, their story is the story of America. Yeah. But isn't it our story as well? Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, we repent and we're like, I'm going to do better. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray every day. I'm going to get thanks for this and this and this and this. That lasts till Wednesday. <laughs> yes, or till noon. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, my gosh, we need God so bad. Yeah. So I, I thought that was, it's, it kind of puts things in perspective. Mm-hmm. Okay, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, you'd think the southern kingdom learned their lesson by watching what happened to the northern kingdom, but oh, no, no. The only reason Judah survived is because God made a covenant with, Ab- with right. uh, David. He had to save Judah. And you read through the stories of like the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, and, and I'm I'm reading through always, and I'm like, okay, which one was the good one? <laughs> right. Like one has to learn from the other, and you're like, all right, one's acting up, one's one's following following God's way, and then it completely reverses, and you're like, all right, there is no good one. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. There is one good one. Right. God. Correct. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so get this. Let me make sure that I, yeah, I, I can say this at this part. I didn't want to give any of my other <gasps> trivia away. So when was Abraham about? Do you know? Just off the top of your head, B.C. What year? 2000. 2000. Yep. Abraham 2K. So Abraham was around 2000, okay? Don't anybody email me with the exact date because I don't care for this for this yeah, deal. Let me get my okay? <laughs> Right? Oh, oh. And so he was around 2000. What happened 2,000 years after Abraham? Jesus. Yeah. Jesus, yeah. yeah. Right. So between that time, when was the Exodus? 900? 14. And you say it was closer to, yeah. 1400 BC. Closer to Abraham. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so then, uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. Uh, well, anyway, anyway, the whole purpose of it saying was like when you we know like this, the northern kingdom was okay. We know King David was at a thousand BC, right? So every you know all of the Exodus and Moses and all that happened between two thousand and one thousand BC, thousand years, yeah. right? And we know that they were in Egypt for like four hundred years, right? So even though David was born at a thousand, I mean, you're looking at the Exodus has to be. 15 or 16 or something like that, I think. Something, whatever, right? Because you have to have room for the judges and stuff like that. But anyway, so 750 BC is about when the Assyrians come and do that. And then um, then it's 600 is when the exile happened and then they came back. But if you think about it, 600 BC, okay? They were only gone for 70 years, so they came back in about 530. This started. There was three waves that left. There were three waves that came back, okay? And so uh, first was Zerubbabel to rebuild the temple, and then Ezra to teach the Torah, and then Nehemiah to redo the walls. It was the first went out was Daniel of the exile, and then Ezekiel went out with the second wave, and the third wave was when the temple was destroyed, 
the third group came. So there was three groups that went to Babylon, three groups that came back from Babylon. And so this is around uh, 530 B.C. How long was the silent years between the Old Testament and the New Testament? It would have had to been 400. 400 years. We're already at 530 B.C. Whenever they come back, they still have to rebuild everything. So it's not very far before God says, click. I'm done. Yep. He kind of just kind of puts them on mute for a little while. Right? Yeah. Because they don't hear anything for 400 years. And then what happens? Jesus. John the Baptist, well, right. but they were contemporaries. They were they were the same age. Yeah. How do we know that? Because John they recognized each other in the womb. In the womb, they were literally right. the same. Well, they were the uh, same within nine months. Older. Yeah, six months. Yeah, I think he's, he was within six months. He was six months in the womb. When yeah, it, when it had to yeah. jump. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> however long that is, uh-huh. and so uh, next thing that happens is John the Baptist, one crying out in the wilderness, a message of repentance, and then it's Jesus, the new prophet, yeah. and, and then it just kind of speeds up from there, right? So this grand scheme (laughs) that seems really old is actually moving faster than we think it is, okay? Now, here's a point that I'm trying to make. Abraham was the father of the Jewish people, right? Right. Who did he follow? God, right? Directly, yeah. Now, he was a priest for other gods in Ur, and then God called him out of that, right? Right. So that's why he says, I worship the one true God. And so uh, he was the father of the Jewish nation. So from Abraham down, Abraham taught Isaac, Isaac taught Jacob, Jacob taught his 12 kids, and, and we're, we're all worshiping the same God. What are they looking forward to? The coming of the Messiah. The coming of the Everybody Messiah. Everybody was, yeah. And I mean, Abraham's most famous deal about sacrificing his son was a foreshadowing of the Christ to come, Right? obviously. And so let's just say the Jewish nation started with Abraham. Of course it did, right? How long did they have to prepare for Jesus? Well, it would have been 2,000 years. 2,000 years. And what happened at that 2,000 years? The first coming of Christ, right? And then what happened? Then the crucifixion. And who did that? The Jews. The same ones that had been <laughs> looking forward to him, yeah. mm-hmm. wanting his arrival. And God gave them all of these signs and all of this on when to expect and what he would do. And then all they really wanted was a general, yeah, they not were, a God. Yeah, yeah, they, they didn't wanted, want a God. They wanted a general. They wanted a yeah. savior in the the flesh sense. Uh, save our flesh. Uh, uh, a savior, but a savior that's convenient to them. Yeah, a convenient savior. Yeah. Or maybe a controllable Savior. The one that does everything we want him to. A controllable Savior is what they were looking for. And this Savior, this man could not be controlled Mm -mm. at all. Not only that, but he did a lot of other things. So uh, anyway, you think about that. How could somebody after 2,000 years reject Christ and not see him coming? How long has it been? <laughs> I was waiting for that elephant right? in the room. Like, How long has it been? It's been 2,000 years. It's and been 2,000 years. And, and people are rejecting. And people are, people are not growing closer. They're rejecting. They're going the the apostasy. Further, yeah. we're, we're getting farther apart, not closer. Mm-mm. Not closer. And, and, then, and the Bible tells us all of these things that are going to happen. This is what a lot of people also don't understand about the biblical timeline. I watched a message by Skip Herzig or something like that. He's on YouTube. A pretty smart fella, right? He's at Calvary Chapel in, in Albuquerque. And I watched a deal on Ezekiel. And he's got a deal <coughs> called something, the Bible from 30,000 feet, which I, I like big perspectives, right? Because I'm a big perspective guy. But he said that he found a, a deal on Israel in the 1911 Encyclopedia Britannica that talked about the history of the Israel nation. And it says that the the original Jewish people with the Holocaust, well, not with the Holocaust because it's 1911, but the original Jewish people are so scattered throughout the world 
that it would be impossible for the nation of Israel to be reborn. Huh. That's what the encyclopedia, and I'm, I'm vastly paraphrasing, right. you know, what, what it was, but that's what it said. It would be nearly impossible for the Jewish people to reclaim the Holy Land of Israel. It's a bold statement. Yeah. 37 years later. Yeah. It happened, yeah. 37 years later, it happened. Now, why is that such a big deal? Because pretty much since the exile, the Babylonian exile, when they destroyed the second temple in, uh, what was it, 600 B.C.? They have not been their own country. So for over 2,000 years, I mean, they, they had, there was Israel, but they were always a vassal state. They were controlled by somebody else. Right. Even when Jesus. Right. Yeah, the Romans. Romans. Mm-hmm. First the Babylonians, then the Persians, and then there's others that I can't remember right now because I haven't studied it at length on what happens after that. But my gosh, <laughs> time, time goes by quicker than, than you think it does. Right. So uh, did you know that the southern kingdom prophets, which were in some ways, the, the three major ones was Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel. You know who their contemporaries were also? A guy named Gautama Buddha was born at this time. Huh. You know who else was born at this time? A guy named Confucius. 650 BC is mm. when they, when they wow. take them. So, so right before the exile, between the, the northern king. So it just kind of puts things into perspective. It kind of, it kind of drops a... A note, because I think, I think, like, <laughs> I don't know how else to put it except in, in modern cultural slang, is that I think we think of the Bible as a different universe. Agreed. It happened yeah. somewhere. It happened in a book. Right. It didn't happen in real life. It's hard to imagine that. Because, I mean, and this is kind of what I, I wanted to set all of that up. <laughs> to talk about things, but like, how do you honestly, how did you picture Abraham? What was his life like? Really? Not, not, even if it's a childish, you know, yeah, I mean, I mean even if it, if, even if it sounds like a kid's tell, what was, what was Abraham's life like at 2000 BC? Yeah, I mean, I I think of the uh, kind of the son. Well, no, not anymore, but I had always thought of Abraham as like the um, Sunday school version, like this dad statue that's that's kind of lording around and having a good time, and and uh, you know all the promises that were given to Abraham, and very much that Sunday school picture of him, right? Mm-hmm. And then. Um, when you read through it, you're like, okay, it wasn't that at all. Like Abraham had some adversity here. And oh my He gosh. went through a lot and they struggled. Um, but Abraham's amazing to me too, because he was always a great leader. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of, I always look for leadership stuff in, yeah. in the Bible. I'm, I'm into that. Um, and I look at the leader, like him trying to keep his family together and trying to do what he was doing for Lot and all of this <laughs> stuff. Like I, the story that comes to chase to, three three right. Persian kings up to Damascus well, to and, rescue his they, his they, nephew with a bunch of sheep herders. <laughs> and they, they're in this barren land, and there's not a lot for them. Yeah, and he He's gave trying, up the best to Lot. And that's that's <laughs> the picture that always comes to yep. mind when I think about Abraham. See right? me, uh, you know, my, I've always thought of him as a really tired dad. Yeah. I really, thought he was dusty. And, and, and I'm a, <laughs> And I'm not lying. I yeah. thought, man, this this is this is just a really tired dad. Mm-hmm. Like like he's trying to herd cats. Yep, one hundred percent. Yep. And all that happened when he's like a hundred. <laughs> I know. I, I, know, yeah. I know. Poor dude, <laughs> man. Just trying, he's he like, man, he was praying, retired, yeah. praying hey, every man, day. Just, just let me die. Hey, listen. <laughs> the more I study 
those 66 books that they compiled into one, you didn't want to be a prophet. No. <laughs> you no. did not no. want to be a prophet. No. Nope. Oh my gosh. And you know what? Reading through Ezekiel, I think, is the most intense. Oh, uh, well, oh, I, I would say wow. Jeremiah as well. Right. Ezekiel yeah. and Jeremiah, well, they called Jeremiah the weeping prophet. Right. I mean, what that dude had to do, <laughs> my gosh. But like, well, me and Ty were talking about it before you got here. And um, I said that I felt like maybe God had opened up my vision a little bit mm-hmm. in order to kind of like we talk about kind of move right. perspectives on certain things. Right. I think that God has been doing that with me. And, but what I found out is that when God opens your perspective, he doesn't open it one way. You don't just see the good of God. You see the bad right. of the devil. Right. He, he doesn't, it's not a one way ticket. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. You, you want to see the workings of God? That's great. He'll show them to you. But at the same time, you get to see the workings of the devil as well. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you what, it does not make you feel stronger. It puts you into perspective. You are just a wisp of smoke mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. I mean, like, you are, man. Yeah, we are so tiny. <laughs> we are so a tiny. A grain of sand. Yes, we are Yeah, wisp of smoke and a grain of sand. We're, we're the fart off a grain of sand. Yeah. Which is yeah. comforting. Sometimes. It is. If you can put your pride well, behind it, you, it helps. It's very. It helps un- unload the burden. Yep. That we the self imposed burden mm-hmm. that we because put on we ourselves. are that small, mm-hmm. and God loves us that much. Mm-hmm. Amazing. We're nothing. Right. We're nothing. Right. And He loves and like, us. And like like you say, you've said often, like if we screw up, that doesn't mean it's it's screwed up. It's right. Just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like 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 that. That's pretty egotistical to think that. If we, we don't do it right, the whole plan, the whole yeah. plan's ruined. Yeah. Yes. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. We, See, we, my we, mistake is greater. The of history. My yeah. mistake is greater than your sacrifice. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. My mistake is so much bigger than your suffering and your mm-hmm. sacrifice, God. <laughs> Those are chronics that think that. Yeah. Those are chronics. <laughs> my going back to the buildings. Uh-huh. Remember going to Israel? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And and we thought we had seen old buildings here, like, <laughs> like on the east coast. Yeah, think, oh, yeah. Nah, buildings two hundred. Our chapel's from seventeen hundred. Yeah. And then you see you see the temple, and yeah. and there's layers. And every building has been wiped out, but but the original, you know, the they're in layers of uh-huh. being rebuilt. You know, and and you see three thousand year old foundations. Well, put it this way: <clears throat> when we and we didn't get to do this on our second trip, it was uh, Sandy and Rick and me and Ty and uh, Gary and Sherry. That went the first time and because of political tension we didn't get to go up north into the golan heights the second time oh. but we got to go to mm-hmm. tell dan and tell is an artificial mountain and basically it's a hill that cities have been built on for thousands of years and so we got to go to tell dan and there is an adobe gate into tell dan that they are nearly 100% certain that Abraham walked through that gate. Wow. And we walked through it. Well, we didn't get to walk through it. We saw it. We saw it. We saw it. They had it roped (laughs) off. Yeah. Incredible. It stood right where Abraham and Sarah stood. Yep. Hmm. It wasn't that long ago in the grand And it wasn't that long ago. Well, I mean, like when you take a, when you take a big God perspective, it, it wasn't that long ago. Which one of those things surprised y'all the most? The little trivias. Or do you have anything to add to it? No, I here's the thing I think that always confuses me, and I know it'll confuse most people in the church. The hard part about timelines for me has to do with the fact that biblical books are not in chronicle. Yeah, absolutely. Why couldn't yeah. that have happened? Like you read through Job and it's in essentially the middle of the old testament. And it's the second, second oldest book. book in the... Yeah. You know, You so. want me to blow your mind even a little more? Yes, please. Sure. Okay. Jeremiah says, Judah, if you don't change your ways, Babylon's going to come and take you. Right? Babylon wasn't even, wasn't even a world power then. But he's telling Judah. Then suddenly, Babylon's a world power. And guess right. what they do? They come and they get Israel. Right? Or they get, they get Judah. And... Uh, oh, crap. What were you saying? 
Um, I went, oh, oh, the books of the Bible. Yeah. So that's Jeremiah. And then the next prophet is Daniel. And he writes from the Babylon captivity. So does Ezekiel. Right. Right. And then, and then it's the book chronologically. It's the books of Ezra and Nehemiah, which tell the story of coming back. Zerubbabel comes back to build the temple. Ezra comes back to read the Torah. And then Nehemiah is going to come back and build the walls. Right. Do you know how Nehemiah was able to come back and fix the walls? Because of Esther. Mm. That's where Esther falls oh, in. Right. <laughs> yeah. and, and sometimes like <laughs> Esther. Yes, it just gets lost. Story. It's like it's yeah. a it's like it's a side quest. That's not something on a on Facebook about this big wheel with the timeline. Is that something we should have? Like, should we? Have I that used to. You don't remember me having? I remember. I used to have that on the wall. I never looked at it. I, I like to post because about it, it was, last night. Yeah. It, it was too uh, too daunting. Mm -hmm. You know, thinking about all that. Well, and and and, and back then you was like, well, it. So what? It all happened. Like I believe it happened. So do I really need to know the timeline of it? But it is. It is interesting. And, and I've noticed too, like a, a lot of people be. be being in ministry is like a, like having doctors, right? We think of doctors as knowing the human body, mm -hmm. but when you're in the medical field, you realize that doctors actually have specialties, right? Yes. And then there's mm -hmm. a lot of things they don't know. Yeah. And one area usually that they're good at. Right. And that's kind of how preachers are or, or ministers or anybody in ministry, right? Mm -hmm. My biggest week, I don't understand the prophetic books very well. Well, you know, I'm going to try to help you with that. Right. I'm going to try to help and, you and with that. And because most of it is, is some of it scary or, or whatever, but I, I realized, too, I'm like, yeah, my weakest part of the Old Testament, I don't understand the Well, and, and, and here is, okay, so in Daniel it says that in the end times, knowledge will increase. Right. Right? And so before... I mean, until really recently, everybody just studied their Bible and came up with their own conclusions. They right. didn't know what anybody else said about it. Right, right. Yeah, you're right. I mean, other than your professors at a college, and they're the ones teaching everybody else. And even they specialize in yes, things, usually. Right. And so, uh, but now we have the internet. We have the exchange, now, the exchange of ideas and information is so much easier. If you would take four hours a day at the end of your day and you turn off the Netflix and just go on YouTube and just search out things that aren't crazy AI conspiracy theory Bible things. Right. Just go learn. If you want to learn about the book of Ezekiel, type in book of Ezekiel and watch it. Watch everything you can on that. You know what I mean? Like that, that's how you, that's how you learn. And I would venture a lot of people, venture to guess that a lot of people are like me because also the like I like Psalms and Ecclesiastes and like the poetic mm -hmm. books and uh, the the prophetic books are just the, not the path of least. No, I like the I right? like the feel good books. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> and and if you read Jeremiah when you, when you do an overview of Jeremiah, it's actually he wrote down all of his prophecies because God told him to, and then he took it to the king. And the king tore it up and threw it in the fire. Right. And so he had to rewrite everything. And listen, they didn't have computers. Right. right. This was scribes. Can you yeah. imagine? <laughs> and so he had to rewrite all of those. And um, or maybe his scribe had it or something. But anyway, the book of Jeremiah is literally, it's like on the way to the printing room, his scribe, Jeremiah's, dropped all of the pages. And the wind blew them away. No, they didn't blow them away. They're just scattered all over the floor, and there's no page numbers. <laughs> That's what the book of Jeremiah is, because it's not in any chronological order to what happened. Well, no wonder it was confusing to somebody like you or me that has zero training right. in it. Right. But, but since one good thing about our technology is we have computer systems that can study the word of God. And with one button, we can figure out how many times in the entire Bible, this syntax is used in Hebrew. Yep. That was never available before. Right. So yes, our knowledge has increased. And so or at I least can, the ability to obtain it. Yes. The ability to, it's there if, if you want to use it, but you know, 
<laughs> I like that little meme I saw that said, you know, we always thought that what was holding us back was access to information. Well, it wasn't that. Right. <laughs> when it goes back to what Ty said, like society and technology has changed, but we're still exactly like the uh, Israelites. Yeah, human nature is exactly the same. Well, and that's what I was fixing to say, Tyler, is that pretty much everything I just got through telling you, now, we didn't talk about anything before Abraham. That's a whole different story, right? But from... I lost my track. Oh, what what I was going to say is everything that I told you, the Exodus, Abraham, the call of Abraham, Isaac, sacrificing Isaac, you know, and all of that stuff. And then the Exodus and and then the promised land and then Saul, King David, Solomon, and then you have the Assyrian and then you have the Babylonian exile and they came back, the northern kingdom didn't. And then Jesus is born. Listen, that's all there really is, to be honest with you. Everything talks about one of those things. Everything talks about one of those things. Which, That's it. Everything, all the arrows point to that. Yeah. Yep. That's it. Which, which points to Jesus, the coming of the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. The, the whole Old Testament is you're acting stupid. The Messiah's coming. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, that, you're acting stupid again. And the, and the 2,000 years afterward is you're acting stupid. Yeah. The Messiah Jesus coming is back. coming back. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. And see. <laughs> You know, in the Bible, there's always things about, you know, the great white throne of judgment. Mm-hmm. It's a courtroom. Like, there's a lot of courtroom and and stuff, you know, rendering verdicts and are you guilty or not guilty, you know, or, you know, all, right. all of this stuff. And I'm just going to throw it out there. And this was just a fleeting thought this morning when I was thinking about y'all and this and stuff like that. And I thought, you know what? From Abraham to Jesus was about, they had about 2,000 years for him to get ready for his coming. And they weren't ready. So God blinded the nation of Israel. Now, not individuals. Not individuals. Any, any Jewish person today, and they should. And, and I, I, I'm begging to. I'm begging to. You know, what, what do I have to say? Jesus is your Messiah and he loves you so much. And it's okay. It's okay. That, that you've been taught differently and everything like that. And we love you, and I support right. <laughs> support mm-hmm. you 100%. But he's, not, he's blinded the nation of Israel. But I think he's only going to do it for about 2,000 years because that wouldn't be fair in a court of law that one side got more time than the other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, granted, we have more people than they did back then. But still, we have more access to technology. And in the end, Jesus said that there would be what? Earthquakes in various places. Mm-hmm. How do we know that there's earthquakes in various places in the year 250 A.D.? You don't. Not really, no. You know if there's an earthquake in your local... Right. Yeah, where, where or, you or maybe or, if a merchant or came, here, say, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. local being yeah. maybe 100, 200 miles around your right. area, right? right? That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's a county, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. That, that's the southwest part of Colorado. Right. And so... Uh, but I, you know, then it says, and there will be wars and rumors of wars. And I thought, there's always been that, though. But let me ask you, now there are so many more rumors. Because we have so much access to information. You know, we hear, used to, you didn't hear about wars somewhere else. Because you didn't care. You were bent over a hoe or a garden spade trying to feed your family or you were out with a bow and arrow defending your sheep or trying to kill a deer. I mean, like you didn't want nobody to die, but you could care less what was happening in China or South America. Right. Are they killing them? Let them kill them. But now we hear every single little rumble. And I, yeah. And I'm not saying Jesus is coming back tomorrow. Because I'm hoping he'd come back today. Yeah, today, today'd work better in my plan. Yeah, my yeah. schedule. Yeah, and let's get then later. You know, I heard somebody say this, and I and I'm just gonna all all due respect. I I have not looked this up or anything, and I don't want anybody to look it up for me. But it said something like, for every verse that mentions the Messiah's first arrival, 
there's eight verses that talk of his return. And if the Bible thought his second coming, that it would, that God would devote eight more verses per verse to talk about his second coming, maybe we should be talking about his second coming too. Because that's all that the original Jews, they looked forward to the Messiah every day. The problem was, is that they had, they had built their Messiah. They didn't want God's Messiah. They wanted their Messiah. Mm -hmm. They wanted a controllable Messiah. And I think the world today wants a controllable God. Absolutely. 100%. And just like Jesus shocked everyone when he got here, he's going to shock even more at his return. And, and like, I, I think the illusion of time is one of the devil's strongest strengths. Absolutely. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. The illu- you have time. You don't have to follow him right now. You're young. Sow your wild oats. But see, Jesus is coming back in your lifetime, either to get us all or to get you right before your death. So, before you die, you are going to see Jesus, and you don't know when that is. So, how do you know you have time? You don't. You don't. You don't have any time whatsoever. But, what about those that have given their lives to him? What What do they do now? What they've been doing. What is that? Let's say that, that what if be, they just said, okay, I, I want I want to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior right now. They can do that just by, there, there's no magical words. Right. You just right. you just tell Jesus, God, I want you to be my Lord and Savior. And I repent of my old way of life, of doing things the way I did. I wanted to live my life, and I want to give my life to you and let you be my boss. Right. And then you follow him for the rest of your life, and you love, you try to love him as much as you love as much as he loves you. And with that love that is changing hands between you and Jesus is going to extend out to others. And, and that's where I was going with it. Because it's, Jesus it's never go. gives you love that he expects you to hold on to. You're no, supposed to give it you're away. You're supposed to get out there. That, that's, the, that's the answer. Mm-hmm. And get out there. Get out there and serve. And if you're living your life like that, then you don't have to get ready because you, you are you, ready. You are ready. Right? You are ready. Yeah. That's exactly right. Be ready. <laughs> and, you know, and here's another concept, and, and this will be the end, but uh, there's another concept that I've been working on, and it's it's the liberty in Christ. And we, we've been talking about some of that, but if somebody didn't really understand that, there, there is freedom in Christ, but, it, but English is a stupid language, and so freedom in Christ doesn't mean you can do whatever you want to. Right. <laughs> he gives us liberty. He gives us freedom within a framework and he says you can do whatever you want inside this pasture just stay in these fences don't go out there not because not because i want to keep something from you there's nothing for you out there no matter what it looks like there is zero on the other side of this fence for you nothing If you go over there, you're going to hurt yourself and you're going to waste your time and you're going to regret it. And yet I think most people think that being a Christian is so such bondage is because they're like that. They're like that heifer. When we get them in, they just walk the fence. Their entire world is spent on one side of the fence or the other. And, and, all they see with God is the rules. Right, right. They don't see the freedom. Because if they would have just turned from that fence, from that boundary, put that boundary at your back and walk forward, you'll find God. He's in the middle of the pasture. Mm-hmm. You just summarized our uh, sermon on Sunday. We had last Sunday. Really? Too, right. There you go. And what I said at the end is, the wild Mustang doesn't realize that the horse in captivity is living a better life than them because the horse in captivity doesn't worry about its food or its shelter or predators or water. And it has a purpose. It has a purpose, and it's taken care of every day by its master. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. There, And that pasture is world-spanning. 
It is world spanning. There is actually more inside the pasture than outside the pasture. Mm -hmm. But yet we, we stand at that barbed wire fence. Yep. And like, I know Christians that long for that life. They, they never see, and I'm not saying that they're not saved because the Bible says that some will be saved as a man being saved from a fire. <laughs> right? Yep. And if right. anybody in here knows what that's like, it's Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he has saved people from fire. So, I mean, that's a, probably a really vivid illustration yeah. for you, you know? And man, I just wish people would just put their back to that, those rules and just walk to the middle. And isn't that repentance? Yep. yep. And we don't have time to do anything else but that. We don't have much time. In the little time we have left, we're going to grow closer to him. And we're going to grow closer to each other. And we're going to try to rescue so many people on the other side of that fence as we can. Yep. Without going out there. <laughs> Without going out there ourselves. Right. And, and even if we, well, we don't go, we don't go outside the rules. We don't go outside the rules. Right. You, you can't justify spreading the God, spreading the message by sinning. You can't. You nope. can't. Nope. And I love, I, I love this saying too, is that people are always like, hey, you know, Jesus hung out with sinners and, but the difference is he changed them. Right. Not the other way around. Right. He was God. Right. Yeah. <laughs> now we, we'll hang out with sinners because see, sinners don't see the fence. So they can come and go as they please. Right. And if you're, if you're really coming and going as you please, you have to kind of ask yourself, are you really inside that fence or not? Yeah. I mean, it. Cause we see the fence as Christians because we know what God has told us to do. And we've told ourselves we are going to obey that, but the lost, they don't have the spiritual sense to see it. Well, as sinners, we see the fence and we spread the wire. Oh yeah. Don't we, we though? Through yeah. it and we, and we go play a little bit mm -hmm. and then we're like, damn it. Yeah. We want oh, to play just back. on the other yeah, side of yeah, the field. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Agreed. All right, guys. Any that was a pretty good conversation. That was. Yeah. That was. Um, any closing thoughts? No, I my thing is with Old Testament and timelines, and you will find this in the Bible, it's all symbolism and it all points <coughs> to to one that You don't think any of it's literal? No, definitely oh, literal. Well, you said but even in a literal sense, it points to something. Oh yeah, absolutely. In the gospel, right? And it, uh, it is a big glowing symbol telling us what's going to yeah. happen. Yeah, it's a, it's a neon the, arrow <laughs> that the Messiah is coming, and the Messiah, you know, like Ty said, the Messiah is coming in the Old Testament. He came in the New Testament, and he's coming again. Well, you know, you just and that's what I keep getting out of all this studying these Old Testament, the major prophets and stuff, is that they just kept telling them. Hey, this is going to happen. Well, this right. is going to happen. This is going to happen. And what happens is I think we write off the Old Testament because because it's it's not as interesting or we think that there's nothing in it, but everything points back to Jesus, even in the Old Testament. But even in the Old Testament, some people listened. Oh, they did. And they absolutely did. And that's what you see now. Mm -hmm. Some people listen. Man, I hope it's some people one don't. listening right now. Yep. I really do. Yep. What about you? That was it, man. All right. All right, man. Well, but on behalf of Save the Cowboy, I'm Kevin Weatherby with uh, Ty Weber and Tyler Lowe. We'll see you on the next one. God bless. Goodbye, everybody. See ya.